Blog Talk Radio. Motherfucking haters, you dug one ditch, but you better dig goddamn two. Cause the narrow red is gonna reign supreme, and I say motherfuck you. I done told you, Diara, if they close the front door, goddamn it, you bust a hole in the wall. If they pass the wall up, goddamn it, dig a hole in the motherfucking ground. If they fill a hole up in the ground, goddamn it, climb on the fucking lift. If they fix the roof, goddamn it, go to the back door. If they lock the back door, knock a hole in the goddamn wall. Young black and arrogant, the girl I'm so perfect. But Jerry made me arrogant, that why your girl flirting. People say you're arrogant, I live like extravagant. So Prince, I look like a mannequin. I scored again, first ten. Shouty got that red skin, I think that girl from Watson. The Nero in the strip club, he shot that girl from Watson. Can't stop your old lady from jacking him. Rich nigga, I don't want to watch with him. Young nigga got a body cat lock with him. Pretty shit, and he got the whole cup with him. Pull up in that red rain, the same color of blood stain. From town six, the cat came from Cleveland. The club blade, I was on 28 days. I been rolling for eight days. I talk shit with eight K's. I burn a nigga, keep waiting.
So it's the study of the world. Our ancient Egyptian ancestors studied nature. They studied phenotypes of man, animal, insect, you name it. Crawls in the ground, in the ocean. Smallest to the biggest. From the planet to all the planets to all the stars. They studied it. The thing is this. For us to really get a full grasp on it and grow and prosper, we have to use African translation. Not Islamic translations, not Hebrew. I, I think it's from Africa or Islam. I think it came from Africa. We need to leave those and use nothing but African translation. There are so many different groups of so many different languages and so many different nations that have where you can find the actual symbols in their tribe, in their nation, where they still use the symbols, where they still use the objects, where they still practice it. From South Africa, you will find it. You will find the Zulu with certain symbols. You will find it in West Africa with the Dogon. You will find it with the Wolof, the Bambara, Yoruba, Akan. There are so many different groups that are still using these symbols, and they have written languages. But what happened is this. We got caught up with all these so-called movements, RBG, BBC, atheists, not atheists, Hebrew Israelites, uh, nations of gods and earth, uh, Kemet Nu. We have got caught up with all these things. And it has not helped us. So I will expound on it, but the main thing I wanted to explain today was not only have we been mis we have been regurgitating mistranslations, we have been saying things totally out of its content. We've been missing the picture. We've been looking at the picture this whole time, like, okay, we're gonna now we can do something with it, but really we haven't. We have it. And me being at the age I am and being the way that I am personally, uh, my show was the Black Lotus show I had for a couple years. My name was Amun Rakati. I, I've built with many different shows. My, uh, was it the Nikki Love Show? I worked with uh, Ankh on the Nikki Love Show. I've talked to many, many different scholars of today. And when I ask questions about the hieroglyphs, they all give the same answers that Europeans give. So I'm not going to take up too much time on it, but, yes, I will be explaining the African translation. Okay. Now, um, what I really like to, for our... Um, all they will be listening and are listening, to understand something. If our ancient Egyptian ancestors had a culture and tradition that predated them, why are we not focused on that? We'll just say, oh, yeah, the Nubians. Why are we not focused on it? We can totally say, okay, let's ignore Egypt and let's focus on Nubians in Sudan and focus on Ethiopia in Sudan 
and find out where the language started and then find out what is the groups, the nations, the tribes, the main tribes. And I will give two. You have the Bantu and you have the Luo. The Bantu is many groups. You have what we call pygmies, which I do not like to call, but we have the Twa, the Batwa. And we have the Luo, which ranges from <laughs> amazing amounts of different nations. Kikuyu, Dinka, Shiluk, Nuer. Nuer is actually an improper term, but uh, that's just to give a kind of an example. The Luo are the, Nile, the Nihilistic nations, tribes, to say, and for us to get a grasp on this language, we need to study their language. We need to study their culture and traditions. Now, we have people like Ashra Kwesi who came out showing that, look, you see the Mantu martial arts is still being practiced today by the Dinka and the Shilu. Still to this day, they practice it, and it looks just like it looks on the wall. But he never tells you about their language. He still keeps regurgitating this, this European, Arabized, Greco-Roman translations of our ancient ancestors' language, and then shows you, look, here it is. Here they are. They still practice it. But he never wants to tell us about the Dinka, the Shilu. He doesn't want to explain their language, their culture and tradition. And then I'm shocked to find, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go there. So everybody know now, I'm going to go there. <laughs> I'm going to explain, and it's, you can say I'm attacking uh, our leaders or our teachers or our scholars or whatever, but I'm going to go there. So it's like this. Ashra Kwesi calls himself Ashra Kwesi. Mm-hmm. Ashra, I don't know what's that from. It's supposed to be Egyptian. It's a European translation. It's from Egypt. Then Kwesi. Kwesi the, the phrase, term, name, word, Kwesi, is Tuyakan. But he does not tell us the Tuyakan translation. Now, mm-hmm. this is the only credit I will give to our scholars who are like that. When it comes to explaining something like um, studying animals, zoo types, and zoology, if you want to know the hieroglyphs, you've got, you got to study the zoo type. So if you study the animals, the insects, the birds, and this and that, you will understand that part of the metaneter, but that is not the whole part of the metaneter. So when Kwesi calls himself Kwesi, he never tells us about the Tui Khan. He'll mention it, or the Khan, or the Yoruba. It'll, it'll be a slight, huh, but he'll never tell us about their culture and tradition. So before I tried to translate anything and made many mistakes translating it using European ways, Arab ways, this, that, and the third, I gave up. And I said, you know what? I'm going to use a con. Let's see what happens when I start using Tweet and Con. And then I found out that they had their own symbols. I'm like, okay. Then I'm saying, okay, what if I start using the Dogon? What if I start using Bambara or Wolof? And it just started coming together. 
when I got to study uh, a group called Luo in Bainan, everything personally for me, it really started lining up. I didn't ignore the other nations and the other languages. It really started lining up for me. Like, wow, here they are. They still practice the ancient culture and tradition. They still have the same stories that are on the walls. For me to hear a story in Luo and then read it on the wall, it's amazing. But our scholars never gave us that. For me to hear Credo Mutwa, who stays in Swaziland, tell me more things about Egypt than I've heard any of our scholars, even the first Egyptian tour guide. Much respect to Dr. Yosef Vinyakana, but I've never heard Dr. Ben explaining the translations. He still just repeats it as the Europeans say it. I've never heard Ashra Kwesi go do a transliteral of this symbol, that symbol, and that symbol, and this is what it is, and this is how you say it. I've not heard any of them. Phil Valentine, Bobby Hillen, <laughs> Malachi Z. York, um, Unnefer, Shechem, Shechem, um, anybody on the House of Consciousness, anybody on Ox Show, anybody on Nikki Love Show, no one does. Nobody does it. Not the RBG, not the BPC. Nobody does it. So if their movements are helping us, oh, much love getting us out of this situation we're in. But when it comes to ancient Egypt, why don't y'all take that time and that energy to go symbol by symbol and translate this stuff for yourself? If not, leave it alone. Leave it for us who are going to do that and who are going to teach the youth the truth about the culture and tradition. Because when I look at it that they're saying it the wrong way and then what they're saying what it means is wrong, you know, I have to question it. Well, okay, what's the motive? You just, oh, for instance, people keep calling themselves these Egyptian names, right? Uh, they keep calling themselves these names, right? So I can say this. Okay. Or do they know that for a fact, that that's how they say that word? Um, what's the name? Uh, Asar Imhotep. Do we know for a fact that that is how you say that? Do we know? Excuse me? Who told them that's the pronunciation? Exactly. Where did they get their pronunciation information from? I'm asking you, do you have any idea of where they got the pronunciation? Who taught them? E.A. Wallace Budge. Sean Polion, E.A. Wallace Budge, and then you have the people who regurgitated it. Dr. Ben regurgitated it. Ashar Kwesi regurgitated it. Mwata Ashby regurgitated it. Raoul Nefer regurgitated it. They all keep regurgitating. And the one scholars after them, from the one today, Brother Polite, whoever's on the House of Consciousness, and they're calling themselves these names, um, Shaka Amosis or whatever these names, they're regurgitating it. So it's just like it's a trickle-down effect. They already got the mistranslated way and being told what the symbols mean, which is not what they mean, to making up stuff of what it means. 
And I will use an example. Pata. When we see the symbol of Pata, we see the symbol of the square, we see the symbol of the loaf of bread, and we see the symbol of a rope. Of a rope. Now, Pata, they will say Pata is this, that, and the third. But when I look at it, they're telling me that it's a square, a loaf of bread, and a rope. Okay, is this, is this supposed to be something that represents nature? And all it is is a square with a piece of bread and a rope? I would have to question you. If you came up to me, look, this is our God. You show me a little uh, Rubik's Cube or something, and you get a loaf of bread, and then you get a rope. <laughs> and make little knots out of it. That's your God. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not going to believe in that. I'm going to look at you like you silly. So this is why a lot of the so-called movements today, these Hebrew Israelites can attack people and say, you don't know what it means, because they don't know what it means. They can say, I, I'm not going to follow y'all. Y'all were doing this, that, and the third. And it says this in your translation that y'all were doing this. But it's like, how can y'all say that somebody was doing something when they have not translated it yet. We have a scholar named Walter Williams who said the metanature has not been deciphered, at least publicly. We have no deciphering on it. You know? Mm-hmm. So me personally, I mean, to the public, you know, people make up many things. When I look at Pata, I see P, T, and so-called H. Why do they put an A in there and say Pata? Why not just Pate, right? When I see that, I don't understand how a square in a loaf of bread is God to me or a nature spirit to me or a nature deity to me. I mean... No. We don't, Good question. we don't know anything. And how do you get the real translation of it? Well, for one, we have to study zoology. We need to study African languages and African languages only. Then we need to use sciences that have been stolen from Africa and been brought and put in different names. When you study the Dogon, if you study the Dogon, you will understand everything there is to know about Amen, about Ra, about Nu. And from there, you can just go on and just look at everything from the way they look at it. We don't know. Like you're saying, go to Africa and study different languages. We don't know. What kind of books do you get? Where do you go study and take these classes? Because everybody doesn't have the time or the money or the, the, to even know how to set up the structure to go to know where to go to get this information or to study the right pronunciation and translation of Egyptian symbols and words and, and the, the science and the religion. I'm so happy that you asked that question. Uh-huh. And my, I, will, I will answer with this. In order to understand the ancient Egyptian symbols, all you have to do is take a chemistry class, a physics class, and a biology class. Well, everybody can't do that. Everybody does not have interest in that. Everybody cannot comprehend that or have the time for it. So is that the 
only way that you're saying that people can understand, even people that, that may not really be that interested to look, because it, it sounds like it takes a lot of time and a lot of study, even the books I have on it are very thick. So you're not teaching these classes or you don't know who else who can because everybody just can't go jump and take a chemistry class and all of a sudden they're just going to understand Egyptian cosmology. So what what is it are you, that you're offering? Do you want to share this information with these people, your opinion, or are you offering the class? Well, I'm just trying to understand because I still don't have a good grasp of it. Or do you okay. want to actually go um, to these Where do you want to go with this? Well, I'm I'm going to do is start teaching this. I'm going to produce a book explaining um, mainly the biology and the chemistry. It's going to be in a form that's pretty easy. Uh, it's going to be a way like this. For instance, when we were kids, our books were made where they had the pictures and big words. Big letters, big words. As we got older, less pictures, small print of words. It will be very simple if I did it that way, me personally. Now, for people who are interested in it, it would, it would be mainly people who are already in school. Mm-hmm. Children who are young who are in school, in elementary school, who are just starting to learn about pi and, you know, certain sciences, gases, for instance. I will explain, I will explain some of this. When we see what we've been calling pata, when we think, okay, square, loaf of bread, and a rope, if we just look at it from more of a scientific point of view, and see that a square has six sides. So if a square has six sides, that's six points of view. That's six ways you can see something. Then if we look at the so-called loaf of bread as the cap of the top, the top of your head, it will give you a little bit of an understanding of just the so symbols of the square. as a loaf of bread? Well, E.A. Wallace Budge and those who came before him, they knew, most of them, they knew what it was. But for them, it's more, they're secret societies. They're Freemasons, they're whatever names they want to call. I could go all into that. But they don't want the public to know. So they create the Freemasons, the Freemasons. And if you go to a Freemason, and ask them, what does the square mean? <laughs> they're not going to tell you. They're not, they're not going to sit and explain it to you. If you ask them, okay, why, why do you guys wear the outfit like that, that Men Kaura started? They're not going to tell you those things. If you ask them about Egypt, they're not going to tell you anything. But when you say, oh, Ra is the sun god, they're going to agree with you because it's secret. It's a secret society. Therefore, it's secret. So you're saying Ra is not the name for the sun god? No. Ra so is not is the name for the sun. Um, yeah, the term, what we call God, which is actually nature spirit, where the word nature came from, which they say is netter, when I studied Akan, I noticed that the Akan 
and the person who I got my information uh, from the account said Untor. They carry the N as um, um instead of Ne. Instead of putting those those European letters in, they kept the African way of saying it. And if you go to South Africa, you have Unkulum. When you study different cultures where they call on their nature spirit and it starts with an N, you will notice that they hold that tone, that um. So instead of me saying Netter, I said Untor. Then, oh, sorry, go ahead. I don't know, it's just confusing. So you're saying when Budge went to Egypt, what... When, when, is there a certain dynasty that he translated the Book of the Dead from or the entire Egyptian culture? It, it didn't matter who who was the queen or who was the king, who was the pharaoh, that the same religious practices for funeral rites were the same. It's like, did he just is that just from the Egyptian culture that he took the Book of the Dead from or a particular dynasty? Like, well, what was the group well, of what was the name of the group of people that he took that from? Well, it was uh, Papi Ras of Ani. So it was the high priest, Ani. And we have okay. not found any uh, terminology of Ani being uh, a pharaoh or even a governor. So you but, think these were just, he found texts? They found text. That's right. They found a long list of poppy rock scrolls. Were these buried in tombs or underground or inside of the royalty? They found it in walls. Now, there are pyramid texts, like the pyramid texts of Unas, where the, the actual writings are carved on the wall. And mm-hmm. some of the papyrus of Ani, he has the same carvings from the wall on paper. So they got it from the walls, and they got it from the papyrus. Okay. And you, you don't know who helped them translate. Like, how did they translate this? They had to have a The people who were ruling at the time when E.A. Wallace Budge was the British and the Turkish. So, of course, they were dealing with the people who were there who had conquered Egypt for the last time, which were Muslims, who are still in rule today. Not only do you have the Muslims, so that means that you have an Islamic point of view on the translation. You also have the Coptic Egyptians. So they were getting a lot of information from the Coptic Egyptians and the Muslims, rather they were Arab or African. E.A. Wallace mm-hmm. Bud, he decided to get more of an African side of it. That's why in his E.A. Wallace Bud's Book of the Dead, Volume 1, Volume 2, you will hear mentions of Africa a lot. Oh, this, this group was from Africa. We can tell that this, this type of deity came from Africa. We could tell that the Dahomey also practice the same type of culture. That's why you find some of that in Wallace Bud. But, you know, as it's being said, that is the cheese to the trap. Hey, I'm going to tell you it came from Africa, but I'm still going to use this translation. 
Okay. And what does a book, hello? I'm here. What does a book go into, the Book of the Dead? Well, they'll say that the Book of the Dead is the funeral text, the, the funeral of Ani. But as you start reading, you will find that it is saying certain things that represent life. Like, okay, why are we talking about a funeral? It should be talking about the times up to the funeral. But instead, you will find story about, you will find chapters of the Arit, uh, the making of the Sahu. These are physical things, you know. Also, you will have uh, Sekhetep. You will have, uh, in fact, I'm looking for my book of the dead right now. You will have all these other texts. You will have all kinds of texts. It's a lot of clicking on your phone. Yes. Is it still clicking? Yeah, a static of clicking around, popping. That's weird. I was walking through my uh, through my apartment. Is it still clicking? No. Okay, so you have the recessions of the Book of the Dead. You have the Legend of Osiris. You know this this is Papyrus and Ani, but you have the Legends to Osi- of uh, Osiris. Then you have the hymns to Osiris, Osiris and the principal forms under a certain dynasty, which would be the 18th dynasty. Then you have the Doctrine mm-hmm. of Eternal Life. You know it goes on and on with these different things. Uh, but this is volume one. Volume one is more of explaining. When you get to volume two, you get him to Ra, the sun god. Then him to Osiris, Unnefer. That's not Ani. But this is from the Papyrus of Ani. In volume one, it will show you illustrations of the funeral procession. But then it goes to being raised by the lion's paw. So it goes to more of an initiation thing. Mm. Then they have, it's like, it's, it's, like they, it's like they're trying to confuse us. Hey, this is about the dead people. Okay, wait, 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 wait. This is about how you live your life. Like what? Okay, dead people need to eat bread, water, and this stuff. And it doesn't, it's some of the stuff. It just confuses you. Like you said, like it gets really confusing. So what are so you, you saying? Have, the book it is not just about after someone's death how you embalm them and go to funeral rites. This is actually about being alive. It's about the way you live your life, how to live a, a honest life. Okay. You know, I mean, okay, our ancestors. I can't explain how it is to be in the ancestral realm, but I know this. When I pass on, I'm not going to be worried about sun time, the day, the day, or the moon, or stuff like that in the sense that I do now. But you have chapters of a hymn to Ra for the day of the new moon. I thought Ra was the sun. So, and then they talk about 
the, the, the appendix, uh, the chapter of changing into the prince of the Chachauchis, then the chapter of changing into the serpent Sata, changing into the harem. It, it, these, are thing, these are like principles, ways we're supposed to live. The chapter of entering the hall of Ma'at, the negative confessions. That's the way we're supposed to live our life. Why would we be, why, it's like I would live my life and then, oh, I'm passing, now I have to go over all these rules and all these different things. It, it doesn't, those things don't make sense, but that's what our oh, scholars to have. Do, to me, they do the work I do, doing spiritual readings, talking to dead people, and seeing that there is a continuation of the life. Many times when people leave the body, they don't go off somewhere else to a heaven or to to a hell. Some of them are so traumatized and devastated by a separation of the physical body. They actually need to be counseled. They need to work through the trauma of being separated from the body, and they were not ready to go. So they still do live a life, they think. They still move around in this realm. They visit their graves or hang around the side of death. They still have a continued, this, this is what I see. So I understand that if you don't and feel like it's not necessary to know, but I see spirits that still do engage, and they have to go through a transition. They have to work through their pain and work through what happened to them, and many of them are still caught in and relive the trauma of the death. Right. I'm totally in agreement with you when it comes to that. That is so true. that book but said you got from a priest, if they got a book from the knowledge of the priesthood, then these were obviously high priests that were performing these services and were working on a very high esoteric level. Right. That's right. I'll give you a prime example. You have the chapter of the seven Arites. And the seven Arites, this is more of a physical thing, as in a way you live your life. Seven Arites, as in seven chakras. Mm-hmm. So it's more about being in tune to your organs and going about your day-to-day. The seven Arites, the main, the main uh, title for it will be Osiris, the light of the dead. See? Osiris as Tamu, the water god. Osiris, god of purity. Now, as I said earlier, these are all mistranslations. When you go through it and you see it for yourself, I reach over the symbol of a of a temple next to the head, which stands for first. When you see rune name. You have symbols that represent how you would live your life. What happens is this. We have a translation that gets us into, okay, only way I'm going to understand this is when I pass, when I pass on to, into my next life. Okay, when you're reading it, you're seeing symbols of 
men, faces, eyes, symbols of phalluses, symbols of animals and birds. You're seeing symbols that pertain to the living, the symbol of my eye, to live a righteous and just life, not about afterlife when it comes to the seven Ares, just the specific one. They said Osiris, the light of the dead. They tell us that Osiris is this, that, and the third. But when you go through a literal translation of it, using African translation, they will say otherwise. They will say that Osar represents a part inside of your brain. They will explain to you that... But what? You think that's a lie? Is that what they say about Osiris? Being in your body. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll, I'll just come out and say it. Osar, which you see with the symbol of the seat, that seat is Oset. So why are we calling it Osar? Why are we calling it Osiris? That's the seat. That's the seat, right? What gave, well, who told us that the same symbol is going to mean two different things. We did have a scholar who was the first Egyptian tour guide say, no two symbols mean the same thing. But Europeans are telling me that Osiris, symbol for Osar, which is symbol over I over the seat, is the same thing as Oset. They just took away the I and added the symbol of a, a female kneeling down. Because these are brain functions. Our hypothalamus gland is the seat of our brain. That part, the hypothalamus gland, connects our brain to the rest of our body. It connects us in more of a more functioning way. We have the other way, which is through our stem, our brain stem. It just happens that our spine is called what? The jet pillar. These are physical things. When you study the 21 body parts of Osiris, you will find out that these are 21 parts of the body which the hypothalamus gland, the pituitary gland, produce the hormones to travel through to keep clean. When you really, when you really focus on it, you will find symbols that they're calling Osar, which is the symbol of, looks like an animal with the, uh, over the eye. But that's not the same as the seat. And this is in the chakras, because the chakras are pertaining to our body. It's about our seven chakras. And it's just the seven. When you see Osar, the 21 body parts of Osiris, it's telling you about the 21 chakras. You see? So I'm going to try and make it easy as possible for this. You will find Osar in Aset. Then you will find that Nebhet will have the symbol of a rectangle object with a square inside of it. You will find that Nebhet will mean the female lord, lordess, and Het mean illuminated. 
Mm-hmm. Illumination. It's the brain. It's pertaining to the brain, the hormones, uh, thinking, your light bulb going off. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hello. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Well, at the moment, has anybody else called in before I really dig deep in this? No, uh, what are you talking about, Dan? Yes. Uh, area code 248, are you there, area code 248? Hello? Hello? My Wucha Poo. You hear me? Yes, we can, can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. We can hear you. Oh, hell. Hey, Alessa, this is Rich. How you doing? All right. All right. Hey, my brother, how you doing? No, I'm doing great, brother. I'm happy that you called. I didn't press one, but I'm, I've been listening for the past 15, 20 minutes um, as far as, like, the science that you're discussing. Um, I think uh, I'm pretty much kind of, like, I'm really, really on top of, like, far as that whole um, Egyptian knowledge and things, what it is, to think about the soul, I think, the star thing, it's real, it, it gets much deeper than that, because I, I, I watch a lot of YouTube and a lot of people, and, you know, I find out that everything that I heard tonight is very to the fact. But it's like, it's kind of like these times where, like, we waking up and seeing that we are a reflection of just about everything you said, our people, you know, and this religion thing out here. You know, I I watched the video earlier, you know, I think um, Coach Kyra put on his wall, um, a white guy was talking just as far as, like, the ignorance as far as, like, black people, you know, running in the church and all that. And I, I, I think it's so much, I never would have thought that it would be so much mind control and blindness when it comes to knowing who we are and far as, like, you know, our power and, you know, far as us getting better as a people because I think, you know, I'm looking at the religious people, you know, it's starting to get so bad to where I can't even have friends, really. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. I mean, yeah. like, you know. Yeah. I'm, family, I'm, too. Yeah, yeah, I don't, like, I live alone. I got an 11-year-old son, and, you know, I've traveled the world. I was in the Army, and I, I've been over there to the Middle East. I've seen some of them places. That stuff is real, you know. And when it comes to that religious, that Bible, and all that stuff, the Quran, you know, especially when it comes to Christianity, you know, I, I, just, I just fell out with people. You know, they don't even come around me. I tell them, I tell them what it is. You know, you, I, I can, I can write it on papers, spiritually, however they want it. I mean, we, we are ancient. I mean, we ancient. You know, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't quite break it down like. You. I'm sorry, okay. Oh, brother, yeah, we are, we are very ancient. I put it like this: we're timeless. We are very timeless. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we, um, 
and like you said, those religions. And know what I feel? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is gonna be like a prime example. It's gonna kind of help you with this. I noticed that this whole Egyptology thing, Kemet New thing, and all that type of stuff is all tied into religion. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. The whole religion comes right back into it. Like, look, you see Khufu's boat. This is the real Noah's boat. Why? Why? Why do we have to bring Noah up? You see this right here. Ramses is getting the fruit from uh, uh, Shishat. That's the word she, she had, uh, Eve gave the apple to Adam. Why bring that up? Why not totally separate? So, uh, like I'm saying, the Egyptologist thing too. It's also a religion. And they, uh, not to cut you off, they go will slip today. Out here in Michigan, you know, they they just passed the same-sex marriage law, whatever. And um, you notice the date is Illuminati date three twenty two. You gotta really watch these jokers. Just like you know, the the basketball thing is all a distraction too, because you know you got both Michigan colleges that's in the Sweet Sixteen. But what it is, President Obama had picked the Michigan State Spartans. But if you look at it in the cult type of um, perspective. The Spartans represent, it's like a demon. You see what I'm saying? The Spartans represent, like, it's like a, I think the Spartan, if I'm not mistaken, I was I was studying this a couple of months ago where it's a takeover of the state, the mind control out here. You know what I mean? It's these lakes. See, we definitely, we definitely just. <laughs> Straight up. Wait, what were those numbers? Work? Are those the numbers of pi? 316, 14? No, I don't think so. Hello? Hello? Hey there, brother. You said uh, yeah. the date The date was 316, 14? Um, no, I, I was referring to today's date. Okay. Because today is 322.14, and everybody knows that 322 is an Illuminati number. That's right. What it is, though, the, um, the same-sex marriage, um, I guess, ban, the United States had um, turned down the
to kind of keep us, it's to keep us kind of like bound to it, you know, instead of us, for instance, I look at this, when I look at the Metanetter and stuff, I look at it as how can I use this to make my future better for me, my generation, and those in the community of being what we call conscious. I, I prefer to say African community myself. So my thing is like how can I use this to pull us away from dealing with that, with the same-sex marriages and, and the GMO foods? How can I use this? to build our own city, not to have a, a new Rosewood or a Tulsa, Oklahoma, but something better than everybody. No half-ass, no nothing. We, uh, we need to focus on that as a whole. And, you, and, and I totally, you know, I try to practice to improve every, all my habits and everything that I, 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 I was miseducated on as far as growing up as a child up until today. Uh, one thing I want to say far further that is, I notice like when, when you do become in, in, in enlightening, you get too far as the discussion. Of, we chopping on right now. People notice they will they will fight you for this. They will fight you over this. You know, you gotta like hold your ground for what you stand for and what you what you what you know is true and and, and valuable. And I notice is you know they say only a handful of people can wake up at a time. That's right. Only a handful of people who can actually see get on the subject. Me, you, and Mr. Lexus is discussing. There's three people on the line right now. There's many more, but as far as like it's only a handful of people. It's in prophecy that it's only a handful of people that's going to actually see everything. I mean, through walls, through water, through woods, through trees, anything. As far as like you say, the nutrition, the food. They got a um a Detroit grocery store opened up in 2015. It's, it's um I think it's Detroit where they're gonna open up a um a, a, a huge grocery store out here, and it need like people volunteers from all over the country. They got some type of grant where they're just trying to create a black grocery store. You know, I discovered it two days ago on the internet, and uh, I don't know if y'all knew about that already. It's called DetroitFoodSecurity.org. So I got uh, so I didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a website too. It's uh, you can Google it, and um, it's a real interesting um, project. Okay. Yeah, but um, I'll let y'all go, and I appreciate y'all letting me speak. Oh. No, thank you for your input, brother. No doubt, no doubt. All right. Was there there anywhere else you wanted to go with it? Is nobody Uh, else on the line? A lot of people are in chat. Yeah, I know it's the middle of the night over there, uh, over here on the West Coast. It's it's barely 9 o'clock. But uh, I'm ready to go in now. So uh, besides all the talk of mistranslation, this being said wrong and that being said this way, that and the third, I personally took time in my life to translate them the right way. To not only want to say that, translate it the right way, because I still today correct my mistranslations. I still today am happy to say that I'm still learning. I'm still finding out new things. I love 
the the search, the 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 just the whole sitting and having to really think hard to figure out what something is, and not moving forward until I figure it out. So, the one of the greatest things that I have figured out. I'm glad that we spoke on health with the brother. Is this when I got to find out that Ra was not the sun god, and like you mentioned earlier, what is the sun? We find that we have the term city of the sun being Abydos, which is Ab2, as mistranslated. Then we have the term Aten being the sun god. What I don't get is this. Akhenaten changed his name from Aken Amenhotep the what the fifth? Aken Amenhotep the fifth. He took the hotep off. I don't know why. Then put Aten instead of Amen. But then they're telling us that Amen Ra is the sun god. It, well, I don't. Just to kind of get you to understand where I'm coming from, sister. Akhenaten changed his name from Akhenaten. Amun-Ra is the sun god. He says, nope, I don't want to worship Amun. I don't want to be with the craft of Amun. I'm going with Aten, the sun. It's like, wait a minute, if Amun-Ra is the sun god, then why would you go to Aten? Then when you find out that Aten is never by itself, Aten always has Ra next to it. But you will find Amen without Ra behind it. During my study, I have found that Abidos, Abtu, Abdu, as many want to translate it, is the true term for sun in ancient Egyptian cosmology, ancient Egyptian language, ancient Egyptian astronomy, astrology, you name it. It is the true true term for it. Ra is the living cell, as in hydrogen cell fused to hydrogen, which our sun does. Our sun is a ball of hydrogen that fuses to helium. It shoots off neutrinos, shoots off electrons, has protons, and all these different things. But there's something behind all of those. Neutrinos are cells. Protons are cells. Electrons are cells. So when they say in their mistranslations, this is where they mess up at, Ra is in everything. Uh Does not everything have cells? You can't find anything without cells. Even air, you can't see it, but it has cells. So when you see Amin-Ra, the hidden one, that's... The symbol of Amun-Ra, it has seven lines coming out of the top of this rectangle box. When you see Amun, it will have what they call the surface of water under it. Amun, seven symbols, surfaces of water, symbol of Ra. Through my translation, I have found that Amun is the first periodical table of elements. You have hydrogen, oxygen. When you have that surface of water under Amen, they call it surface of water. Hydrogen plus oxygen is water. 
when you have raw at the end, that is the cell. That's the hydrogen cell and the oxygen cell. It's all chemistry. So our word chemistry comes from Kemet. Kemet is a mistranslation, so that lets you know that they knew the truth. They put it in their science, but they're still telling you the wrong way to say it. Mm-hmm. They're still giving you the mistranslation, but this, it's hidden. They have the science there. That's why people can learn it. They have no idea that they're speaking the ancient Egyptian language in English when you're saying particles. When you say the atom. And then people get caught up in the mistranslation. That's why you'll have a lot of people get into the Egyptology. They'll say atom, atomu, or atem is atom. And then they'll say atem is the atom. Through my study in translations, I have found that when you look at the haplo group, it looks just like the symbol for tame, atem, atmu. The 16 different cells that make up the haplo group. The, uh, then you have the paut, the pautu, paut, the nine, the iliad, the uh, inert. You have the nine netter. And then you see the symbol of paut. It looks just like the cell going through mitosis. Starting at one, splitting up, it looks the same way. So what I did was this. I said, okay, I'm going to focus on the way to say it, African only. And the way I'm looking at it, science only. I'm going to find the tribes that know science, that use science. Not just know it, they use it. I'm going to find them, study them, and understand it. And I have come together using those both substances, science, African science. Where did science come from? came from Africa. Brought it together as one. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Dr. Ben, he did regurgitate, but he said it himself. The ancient Egyptians were into science. They studied science. When you get a fire burning and you're putting minerals in there and you're crafting it and making it, that's science. When you make an instrument to make sounds, <laughs> you use science to do that. So our ancient ancestors studied zoology. You know, I will say this, they mistranslated, but they slipped up and gave some truths. People like Ashra Kwesi did a video where he explained that the doom beetle does these different things. It it puts its eggs in cow poop, you know, dung, and doom, the doom beetle. And 30 days later, so many days later, it pops out of it. Oh, there goes the sun, Keparah, and all this type of stuff, you know. He gives you the regurgitation. But then he gives you the truth. This is how our so-called scholars gave little bits and pieces of what I guess they did know. He said that Kepara looks just like the brain when you look at it from above. 
the way that the top is, the way it's split on the side, the left hemisphere, the right hemisphere, the it's all there. So Kepper Ra is breaking down brain cells. So when I look at the symbols through a point of view like that, I, everything just starts, it, I'm telling you, sis, sister, you will start to see these symbols a little different. You'll be like, okay, um, okay, pet. They'll say pet means heaven. You have the symbol. You have the symbol of what they called our atmospheres, and you have the symbol of the square next to the so-called loaf of bread. So let me get this right: a square is in outer space, or atmospheres, and a loaf of bread is in, in in atmospheres in outer space. You're gonna be like, why? Why do they even say that? Doesn't make sense. But when you look at it from this way, you look at it in an astrophysical way. In space, you can see six different directions. A square has six sides. When you see the top of the head, the cap of the top, it makes sense. It's the point of view from your head in space. Pet, meaning heaven. That's why you also have the symbol her over the symbol of our atmosphere. You'll say, oh, that means heaven too. It's just, there's so many different things where they still have the symbols there. Now, yeah, I started in 2007, 2014 now. It took me a lot of mistakes uh, researching this person, studying this person, finding out their mistakes, realizing I made mistakes, having to correct myself, having to admit to correcting myself, not having so much as an ego. Because when I first started and I got one thing right, Ego blew up. Oh, God. Oh, can't tell me nothing about that. I know it. Then to find out later I'm wrong. So I'm not one of those types of people in my study. Anything that I uh, have brought forward on especially the science of it is something that I took a lot of time. I've been to laboratories. I've gone to NASA, JPL. In Pasadena, California, I've gone to the California Institution of Technology. I've worked with quantum research facilities. I've been able to see these things and work with these things. Those things, I know. Those are not uh, regurgitations or uh, being metaphysical, you know. Do these things apply to the metaphysical? Oh, yeah. It makes the, the metaphysics more metaphysical in a way. So my main thing was how can I use this to help us, you know? How can I um, help us in health? Now, me in my, uh, my occupation, which is in home care, I have been dealing with having clients, dealing with people who are sick, finding out why they are sick. So once I got into that occupation, I started studying all the things in the ancient Egyptian symbols that pertain to us in our health, from the DNA, anything with DNA, to anything with how we're supposed to eat, how we're supposed to live, what time we're supposed to go to sleep, what time we are supposed to wake up, 
I, I got into those things. And it brought me to a place where I found out that we have had these mistranslations, but at the same time, they still have those symbols up there. So when I started finding out about health, I found out that most people don't know that when you eat a certain way, you get parasites. And these parasites almost look like snakes. And they attack the cells of your body. So me studying this and having clients that had these problems where they had to remove the worms from their intestines, I came across information that brought me right back to the Pert Mheru, the Papyrus of Ani, and finding the story about Apep in Ra. Apep is the enemy of Ra. Ra is on his boat, traveling through the Amduat. Ra gets to this certain area, and Apep comes and blocks his way. And they're trying to spook you out and have you scared. Oh, oh this is going on. And, and see, Apep is the devil, and Ra is the sun trying to travel and do all these different things. We missed the point. Our scholars regurgitate that. It's about parasites. So when we see Apep, we can think about candida, hookworms, the worms that are in foods, like glucose in the fruits, meat, pig, pork, these different things that we're eating have these worms. And when you have too many worms, you get overweight, you're sad, tired, you're sick, you have negative thoughts all the time, and everything just revolves around and gets worse. But when you see it in the actual walls, when you see your living day-to-day in the hieroglyphs, it, for me personally, it said, okay, I got it now. Now I need to get this out there to the people. I need for us to all understand this, you know. And then I realized that how come none of our so-called scholars in health, they never mention this? Dr. Sebi, he just says little things. Like when, I, when he went through his time of cleansing and being sick and so no longer being sick, that he was pooping out all kind of stuff. You know, excuse me, I don't want to gross anybody out, but this is what he said. Then for me to find out for it and then to have a client have to have his intestine cut open and the worms being taken out, that's hands down. That's in the metanetter. But they don't tell us that. They tell us Apep is blocking the sun and stuff like that. I feel kind of like our scholars kind of betrayed us when it comes to that because our community now, we are unhealthy. So, you know, my study about this is first. So, as I went deeper in it, I found that in the papyrus of IUAA, IUA, he has the chapter of making the sahu, 
Now, this is in the volume one where they're talking about funeral stuff. And it says, it says that in this chapter of making the Sahu, that I don't even want to paraphrase. I want this to be totally the way it is. But it's talking about in the Sahu. One moment. It says, according to a supplementary text, which is known as the chapter of making the Sahu to enter into Kurt Netter. Kurt Netter is what they call part of heaven, or what we could say the ancestral realm. On the day of the funeral, the road between this world and the next was infested with snakes, which lived upon the bodies of men and women and fed upon their blood. Now, you study and you uh, work with the dead spirits, as you said. This is what E.A. Wallace Budge translated. It goes on to say, in the recently discovered papyrus of Ayua, these snakes are said to be nine in number. And he gives you the names. Well, when I went through these names, I started noticing something. That they have parts of the human body. The first one is the parasitic bacteria. The second one is worms that get into the legs. Now, I'm going to say parasites, so when people say worms, you know, they're like, what? And then it looks like what you can call a snake, and then you see our pep, it's like curled up a lot, and you'll have where it's more curls, and they'll say, look, that's a snake. No, it's, it's hookworms, parasites. They start off as very small bacteria, and then they grow and grow and grow, and they eat on food, certain foods. So the first one, as I said, is the parasitic bacteria. The second one is the legs. third one is the nose. The fourth one is the bones. The fifth one is the inside of birds. Now, if you find, you'll find it that they've been showing these certain programs on Discovery Channel and Animal Nature Channel or the Animal Planet where there's a certain bird that will go down and eat this snail and then the bird will digest it and poop it out and the snail will go eat that poop and the bird will come and eat that snail again and it will continually do this. Now, they sat and studied it. They found out that the snail gets parasites in it, and it takes over its brain. It tells the snail to go to the top of the leaf so the bird can eat it. And then it gets into the bird, it makes its babies, and this is how it continues. It's a parasite. So this is supposedly in the chapter of making the sahu to enter into Kurt Netter on the day of the funeral. Now, the way they get you is, the cheese with the trap is, they'll tell you that, oh, if you notice that when a person passes, they have worms and bugs coming out of them. <laughs> Guess what? Those worms and bugs are there with you when you're living too. Right. 
right. Chapter of making the Sahu. Sahu, the the spirit body. When you see Sahu, you will see the symbol of the bolt, or you will see the symbol of the cane, over the symbol of the hand and arm extended, over the symbol of the rope, and what they call a chicken. To my understanding, the bolt has a line with an X in the center. Then you have this, or you will have the symbol of the cane. When you study the cane, you will find that it represents the chakra. You'll see when it has say, by itself it will say health. Then you have the symbol of the hand and arm. I mean, the hand and arm, it is what it is, the hand and arm. Then you have the symbol of what they call the rope. I never mentioned it earlier. So if people will think back earlier in the show and you think about Patah, with the rope at the end, then you think about Sahu, with the H being the rope. That rope has one loop, two loop, then a third loop, the Sahu. That rope is our double helix. That's why when you have He with Ra in the center, the two double helixes with the cell in the center representing eternity. That's because our, our double helix is eternal. The elements inside of our blood are eternal. A little breakdown about it. You will have the symbol of what looks like a, a loop and a rectangle shape next to Sahu. They will not tell you what this means. Sahu, spirit body, means a person is one with the spirit, and they'll tell you all these mystical, magical things. But it's really a person that's in tuned to his body. He is one in the spirit realm as much as he is in the physical realm. For instance, sister, queen, Alexis, as you, you communicate with spirit. That's because you're Sahu, you are one with your Sahu in the spirit form and the physical form. So, we find that these nine, the rest of them after birds, as before, I'll repeat them again, you have the parasitic bacteria, the legs, then the nose, then the bones, then the ones in the birds. Then you have the one that gets into the private. They get into um, gonads, ovaries. Uh, you have certain rivers where if you pee in them, the candida are going to gonna go up, follow the urine, and get into your phallus. Or for a woman, it will get into your uterus, and it will cause major, major damage. Then you have the worms that get into your blood. Those are those nasty hookworms. Then you have the worms that travel in the water, period. Then you have the worms in the fish. My ancient Egyptian ancestors understood this, and they put it on the wall. Notice this. Our communities, we love soul food. All soul food 
it has parasites. We love eating KFC and, and McDonald's and all this type of stuff. Da, 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 da. You got the worms. You know what I'm saying? All this stuff. Well, it, let me say something. All, par- all soul food does not have parasites. I eat soul food. I cook my own. I don't eat pork. I don't eat any kind of pork and hog moths, snake moths. I really don't eat very much beef. I do eat meat, and, and I'm glad it's healthy for you. But I really don't believe that all African tribes or people, since we come from different tribes and we have Native American blood as well as different groups of European blood, I know that I cannot survive and be healthy as a vegetarian. That's the same for me. I was raised in Georgia, and based on my bloodline and the people in it, when I eat what my grandmother gave me in Georgia, which is a lot of greens, um, a little fruit, a little bit of meat, but a lot of fiber and exercise, I never have a teeth problem, a gum problem, or a health problem. So when you're saying soul food, I don't. I, it must be a certain type of soul food that you're referring to. Yes, I know we all get parasites. When we were little, right. my grandmother made us line up. At a, as the season changed, we had to take that castor oil, and we had to shit. And what was in it was sex. So if one of us had worms, she knew it, and she knew how to expel them because my grandmother and my family on this had a natural farmer. And what I will also say, say too, is that, yes, naturally everybody gets worms, and it is their responsibility to do a detox at least every six months. I do mine more, like every three months. I'm constantly detoxing and make sure my bowels are cleaned every day. Also, for a parasite to inhabit you, every parasite has a mind and a vibration and an aura. That's right. So your vibration, your auric field has to be fractured and damaged. Your vibration and your emotions have to be fractured and damaged for a parasite to even attach to your auric field and be attracted through sperm, through saliva, through vaginal secretion, and through your thoughts to attach to the lower part of you, which is the third dimensional part, the actual tissue part, and then begin to lay worms. So this is three steps. It's the the mom, the egg, and then the parasite. And usually the female lives the longest in the body and gets the biggest and then she continues to replicate, and then the baby continues to replicate. But that in itself is attached to a vibrational field. You can even go and get, if you don't have a zapper, you can create a zapper. Dr. Hula Clark talks about it in The Cause and Cure for HIV and AIDS because every time somebody has a disease, it is a certain parasite that is always attached to the person that's connected to HIV. You get rid of the parasite and the chemicals in the body, and you get rid of HIV. And there's an right. electromagnetic because every parasite is attached to a vibrational frequency and an electromagnetic frequency. So if you can make the machine and match the bi- electromagnetic frequency to the frequency of the parasite, you will zap it and kill it in the field of the body. You, you, you said it all right there. That's right. That is right. Not only that, there are certain things you can eat that, Parasites, they want to get out ASAP. Whole clothes. No, but you keep talking about the vegetarian diet, and I just have to say, in my defense, I I might be a vegetarian like two or three times of the week, 
But every day I know that doesn't work for me and that doesn't work for my body. And I, I personally don't like the way I see a lot of vegetarians looking, especially a lot of black vegetarians. Oh, they down meat. Black folks ain't supposed to eat meat. Well, maybe that's your group of black folks. I don't know anything about it, and I, my body doesn't do well on that, and I, I, I look like I look very anorexic with that diet, and I would have to eat too much vegetables to maintain my weight where I am and not have any meat or any dairy whatsoever. It works for me. And I've, I've noticed a lot of black folks on that shit, they teeth out, they teeth loose, they gums receding real bad, patches of hair missing and shit. And they look all drawled up, like they in the, like they need to go to the fucking food bank or something to get something to eat. I, I don't, I don't, I just that's not chic to me, and it's just not fashionable. Right. That's looking drawled up look with teeth missing, I, I, hair out and shit, and, and dried out and skin looking dull. I've seen some vegetarians that look beautiful, but for the most part, I feel like <laughs> black people need to leave that alone because either they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They don't have the As right education. Right. They don't know what they need to put in their body. So if I follow them, I will be all fucked up. Yeah, I mean, well, you have to study your body. You need to know your blood type. You need to find out what has copper, protein, uh, these different things. I mean, for instance, there's people, I don't like just like you said, the term vegetarian. It's not so much as a vegetarian diet. It's more of a, a, a self-therapeutic diet, more of an electrical, high pH level diet that I'm on. Uh, for instance, if you start getting, someone starts getting too skinny, thin, uh, you know, looking sick, basically, that's, that's what I like to call it, there are things like kale that you can eat. There are plenty of bodybuilders who, you know, they have a no-meat-based diet, and they're bodybuilders. They eat a lot of kale. They eat a lot of almonds, walnuts, and quinoa. They eat spelt. You know, they eat different things. I could just look in my refrigerator and go down a list of things. But you're right. A lot of people who are vegetarians, they're not educated in it. They're going off of hearsay. You know, all this person said. And look at them and tell you can look at them the way they look. It, it just it, it does not look healthy to me. And then even if they look healthy on the outside, when I look all inside their mouth, that bothers me. Gums, teeth gone. Um, yes. Yeah. And they be young, too. Mm-hmm. That happens. When they get older, they look worse. They look all the skin like it's fucking caved in. It ain't got no type of fat underneath to keep that skin looking smooth and full. It looks all caved in and wrinkled and shit. Ass hanging down. Dick long, nuts long and shit. I don't want to look all emaciated like that. Nah, boo. What are they eating? (laughs) Nothing. A lot of these people that have been here ain't really eating no food. They're just eating some That's greens right. and some vegetables and a few little nuts and shit. I saw this guy mm. about five years ago, and he was telling me, oh, I'm a vegetarian. I eat goji berries. I eat all this holistic stuff. And when I saw him, it was just a turnoff to me because he was so tall and so thin. And then I noticed when he opened his mouth, his um, his gums, 
receded way back and his teeth looked like some long damn skeleton teeth. And then you can see close to his root exposed. When I talked to him about two years ago, he told me he talked to his dentist. He got to get dental implants because his gums receded so bad. And I know it was from malnutrition. Well, yeah, yeah, that's because he's he's not not enough calcium. You know, your teeth is calcium. If you're not putting enough calcium inside of your body, uh, your body is going to attack the places that have calcium. And if they attack that, he was eating some greens, and he told me he just he only ate greens. He he ate fruit, and I realized too too much fruit. I don't eat too much fruit. That that natural sugar, I don't too much fruit. It's not good. Even if you're a vegetarian, right. you don't eat too much of a good thing. These niggas crazy. They said, oh, now yeah. we'll be a vegetarian. And they running that shit in the ground with a whole bunch of fruit. That ain't good. That sugar will fuck up your teeth. All them dried nuts and raisins and dates will also fuck up your teeth. Because even though that's mm-hmm. natural sugar, it's still too much sugar. And that stickiness laying on your teeth will mess up the enamel on your teeth. And break your teeth right. down so too much natural sugar and berries and dried berries and that's it's sticky like a glue. Even though it's natural, you don't want too much of that eating every day and them dried nuts and shit will tear up your teeth and give you gum disease and make them recede. So you you mm 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 ain't funny. Glucose. Fruit fruit has glucose in it. Well, candida's in glucose. So it's it's not just the sugar, it's, it's it's all parasites, yeah. When they eat too much of the sugar, glucose, and fruits, it eats away at your teeth. Then it gets inside of your gums and stays there and builds up. Then a little bit of plaque comes and just covers it. So then they have well, I that. I brush my teeth with charcoal. I brush my teeth with charcoal, lightly brush them, and let it sit on there to absorb the toxins as well as mm-hmm. all the sugar bacteria and, and yeast from my, my mouth, my tongue, and under the gum line. And I noticed well, a couple of years ago when I tried to do a vegetarian diet and detox, and they said, well, just eat a whole bunch of salad. When you get hungry and you oh, fucking no. drop your weight, you got to eat more, eat more. And I, it could, I couldn't even fucking take no bath because my ass had drawn up so damn much. I ain't had nothing but my ass bones to hold oh, myself man. up. To hold me together, so I'm sitting in the tub, and I'm literally sitting on my ass bone, and I'm aching, trying to damn soak into. And then I, I know how my gum started looking, my hair started shedding, and I just, my, I just started looking like my skin was sagging. I, I said, uh, uh-uh, uh, I can't do this, and I don't want to have to eat that much food because I don't really like to eat that much. I might eat one meal, and I'm good. And the rest of the day, I make my live drinks, and I drink my green drinks. I drink a lot of alkaline water. I take my supplements, but I don't like to eat. I don't want to have to eat that too, too much food. I don't care if it is salad. I try to hold my third-dimensional body together. So I noticed when I added some protein into my diet, my gums stopped receding. My skin started to have that not natural shine and that natural glow to it. My hair got back shiny and soft, and it stopped shedding and drying. I read that it that your body, a lot of people will go through that when they're shifting from taking in all the protein to go to a vegetarian diet. 
But I noticed that my fans did not like what I looked like. And my fans are some vain motherfuckers. So if I get too goddamn <laughs> big, they say something. If I get too fucking little, they say something. You know, and they didn't, they wasn't feeling that fucking skeleton look that I was getting. You know? Nah, nah. See, I mean, <laughs> nah. Now, when I was, up now, 2007 and 2009, I can say that I was a vegetarian and I went through the same thing that you're talking about. Same exact thing. I'm like, oh, man, I'm skinny. <laughs> My muscle is gone. What happened? You know, it, I personally took it upon myself to learn more about it. Mm-hmm. it. That's what I'm doing now. I'm learning. So I will know, like I said, I might be a vegetarian two or three days of the week. I just can't do it every day unless I'm fasting I do it. But I I listen to... Literally, when I go into a store, I walk down certain aisles, and I will let my body stop me what they say I can have. If I go to a certain area and I look at a fool and my spirit does not bear witness to say you, can, you can't buy that or you can buy that and you can ask how many can I get, there are literally aisles when I go into the grocery store, I don't buy anything out of the aisle because my spirit said you can't have that. That's, That's literally right. how I shop. And usually the place I live at the most in the grocery store that I can consume is in the produce. It might be a little bit of meat and a little bit of bread, but the rest of the stuff all in between, I can't eat it. And I think it's important for people not of course, study and research and learn about a particular diet, but you need to learn too how to listen to your spirits and your ancestors because they are with you and they're alive in your blood, right. your tissue, your energy field. Your spirits are also alive, the ones that came here with you to do whatever it is they have you doing. So they know what foods would help you activate those principles in your body. You know what you can and cannot have. I left the fried chicken alone. I grew up on fried chicken and biscuits, and I love them, and I miss the taste, but I cannot consume it. <laughs> Literally let my spirit, I'll go, I'll drive by a place or I'll go and look, stand by food and say, can I have this or that? And if they say no, I don't. And I know it works because my body is doing much better. That's right. I mean, I I love pizza. (laughs) Oh, I love pizza. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I can't do it. I totally understand. And also, you see, you said you cleanse. I so, always cleanse. Like I said, I might eat one solid meal a day, maybe one or two, but in, it's not every day because I don't really have an appetite to chew. I don't like to do a lot of chewing, but I will do a lot of the green drinks. So in between, if I don't eat, I'm still taking a meal. It's just a liquid meal. That's right. Uh, I make a lot of... Uh, I get a lot of fruit, grind it, blend it, and make smoothies. But I won't. I'll make a smoothie, and it'll be in there for a couple of weeks. I'll drink one every two, three days. I'll drink a little bit because me, <laughs> uh, the mouth thing, the gums and the teeth thing. Oh man, <laughs> a woman comes up to me and the the gums and the teeth is that's something I look at. Oh, okay, bye. You know, uh, so I'm totally with you on that. That's the first thing that I noticed, like, 
I had to buy some uh, some tooth powder. Doctor said these tooth powder. Mm. You know, and that worked. That's worked very well for me. I've only used it one time because it's so strong. But uh, not just that. Um, for anyone who listens to the show, if you decide to go vegan and you're thinking going to the store and buying nothing but fruit, vegetables, and fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains, you're fooling yourself. <laughs> because there are certain things that our body, it just also this, we grew up and were raised eating a certain way. And our body through our whole life was always that way. So when someone stops that and they're eating nothing but fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains, your body's going to tell you, uh, what happened? Okay, well, I'm going to take this from your muscle. I'm going to take this from your bone. I'm going to take this from your hair because you're not using that no more. And so when someone does go into this, they have to study their own biology. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. So like I said, it. I still have that diet from the way my grandmother raised me. And she maintained that she made sure that I had to exercise. I had to do gymnastics every day. I had to run. I had to get some sun. And I had to have a lot of water. She did not have all that white sugar. It's like, if you want some cake, I will make you a cake from scratch. You want some ice cream? That's right. My grandmother got those churners, and she made our ice cream from scratch. She did everything from scratch. We really didn't live on processed food or lunch meats or hamburgers from the restaurants. Everything was portion controlled and done by scratch. And my grandmother had a garden right on the side of the house in the project. So we got a lot of greens, and she managed the amount of meat. Now, my grandma's always a big woman, so she had to pick feet and stuff, pick ears and all that, but she never made me eat it. She always said, well, I'm going to cook this pot for me because this is what I want to do. But for you, you're going to have these vegetables. You're going to have a little meat. You're going to drink your water. Your your bowels are going to move every day. I have to look at them. I'm going to scrub your body down. We had to soak. We had to be scrubbed. My grandma made sure we were exfoliated. Our bowels were cleaned. We had high fiber. I had high water. I had to go to sleep a certain amount of time, and I had to exercise every day. And by me following those principles, it still works for me now. Right. I bet you you still have a young look in, in everything. Yeah, like my grandmother's still, still alive, and I thank her for that. People want to say that people that grew up in the projects are dumb and ignorant. My grandmother raised me in the, the schedule she put me on. Even though she didn't follow it, she did it for me. I guess she, she didn't, when we talk about it now and she sees what I'm doing, she didn't consciously know she was preparing me for that. But now I see with the work I'm doing, the way she pushed me to do it wasn't even the question. It's like the kind of person my grandmother is and the way she was when I was little. She might be cleaning up or, or fixing the curtains or changing the curtains for the season because, you know, they would do that. You know, when the seasons changed, she had the fall curtains, she had the summer curtains. I don't even know how right. my grandmother took care of us that way. Um, she might not even look at me, and she'd be looking the other way, and I knew not the question. She was like, you need to go outside. They're waiting for you for gymnastics class. Even though we were in the project, they had people come over, said a little girl club, girl club up in one of the projects, and they were down there doing my body in an egg roll. So they had me on my stomach, and they had my feet connected to my fucking head. They yeah. were bending <laughs> and 
that's what they were doing in the project. This is going on. She's like, go. She's like, don't don't ask me. Put your put your because your, you know you got your school clothes. We old school. You got your school clothes. You got your play clothes. You got your school shoes. You got play shoes. Go outside. You can have an apple. Do your homework. When you come back, you'll have your dinner. But for exercise, you're not going to eat heavy food. Get your little apple. Get your little grape. Get you some water. Go get stretched and do your gymnastics. I'll see you when you get home for dinner and you get your bath, you get scrubbed, you get lotioned out, and you go to bed. And I've raised my son the same way. Oh, that's right. What's up? And like you said, that, that helps me from keeping my skin from my skin is I don't have any wrinkles, it's not buckled, I don't have sags and dented hanging daily skin all over. I massage my own body, ladies. If you ain't got no man to massage you yet, you need to massage and keep your body limber. Put some oil down, you can get my chair chocolate buttercream. I can make you a body oil since I make hair and skin products, nutritional supplements. You want to massage the cellulite and the fluid and the waste out of your tissue, out of your stomach, out of your vagina, out of your breast, out of your neck, out of your face, your lymphatic system, like you said, the spiritual system. I'm going to talk about that when you come back. How, what spirit, what entities, what male and female, the gods and goddesses live in the brain, in what organs in the brain, and what body systems in the brain? Because that's what I believe, that's what I live by that every part of your body, there's not only ancestors in it, certain entities in it, guardian angels in them, but also the next group. And every part of your, from the little bit that I channeled from the Archangel Michael, he told me that Archangel Michael said that he also controls the um, circulatory system and the wheel. So would Archangel Michael also be in the room? Oh, well, I don't know about the Archangel Michael. That's a uh, that's like a personal spiritual thing, spiritual connection you have. Now, no, no, it's not. The Archangel no, Archangel Michael, that that angel in, is also associated with the Netaru. I think it's Haru. So the rule is also the the wheel. Oh, Haru is more like uh, what's it called? Your immune system. You know, it fights against the negative stuff in your body that destroys it, eradicates it. For instance, we all have cancer cells that are in our body, but we have cells that are like anti-cancer cells that defeat it. Our immune system, when things come in that's, that's, uh, that makes you sick, you have a reaction. You sneeze, you cough, uh, you get the sniffles, uh, nose starts running and stuff. That's your immune system. Uh, Heru kind of acts like our our immune system. Not only that, you could say our liver, which just filters our body, food and fluids. But you'd also be dealing with blood because the yep. liver, so That's if right. the blood is dirty and you have a lot of hate and unresolved yeah. conflict, it's also going to be stuck in the liver. That's right. You got it. Now, uh, in Perta Meru, what they call a book of the dead, they have the hieroglyphs that give you in detail depth about that. For instance, like I was telling, explaining, the nine, the nine uh, candida, the nine type of bacteria, 
is telling you this from experience. So we're looking at it like, oh, okay, this is what happens when you do too much of this. Hey, you need to do a little flushing. You need to get that out. And from this up, you need to do that. It's explaining um, that the liver and the heart, the heart pumps the blood all throughout your body. So you have the heart pumping it all through, and the liver is the filter. It cleans it. So you yeah, have... Yeah, someone, someone just put in here symmetry, oh, then yeah, Michael is the heart. The four chambers and size equals truth of the okay. life force. Yes, because see, I, that's what Archangel Michael came to me and said, that Archangel Michael deals with the circulatory system and the blood and the will. Um, but I think that's one of my friends, I wish you would call him, Ricky also told me that that's her rule. And um, it's a different name for the same force, but they might be deeper depending on, but that's eye channel, so that's what came to me. As well as Archangel Michael enforces the will of my eyes. Archangel Michael is the male side of my eyes. When you deal with the Archangel Michaels and when you deal with the Tarot, every male angel has a female counterpart. They are generated right. by the female. They try to make you look like, oh, these are male gods, and that's just what they are. They cannot be male without a female. That's right. You got head and root. Yeah, they're not going to tell you that, and that's what I was surprised. So that's what changed me, that they have a female side. No. Not only yeah. that. Heru has four sons, and you have the four canopic jars, which happens, the heart happens to be in one of them. Oh, wow. What is the four sides, four sons? The four sons of Heru. Mm -hmm. The four sons of Heru. Let me explain it to you. Let me get to it. Let me give you uh, straight out of the book of the dead. We have the four sons of Heru. Um, you have uh, Tessa or Mesta. You have Duamutef. Um, I don't know what that term Okay, let's get to the canopic jars. In volume one, Mm-hmm. It explains the canopic jars. And I'm trying to find it. There we go. In page 131 of volume 1, you have the children of Horus. And you have Amset, Hap, Tuamutef, and Keb, Senuf. Each God ruled over the core of the world, but okay. It says, okay, ruled over the quarter of the world, the reader of the Book of the Dead will find that the religious literature generally that appear chiefly as the guardians of the intestines of the dead, which were mummified separately and placed in the jars commonly called canopic. Mm-hmm. Now, on 243, I believe this is the one that will have more of an in-depth. Okay. 
Oh, there goes that number, 322. There it is. Mummified, it represents four sons of Horus, Kesta, Mesta, Hapi, Tuamutef, or Keb, Sanuf. And they protect the organs, which are in the four jars. Trying to find the name of it so you can look it up. Well, these four sons of Heru, as I said, Heru. Uh, I'm trying to remember if it's the. I know it's the intestines, the heart, uh, kidneys. You got me. Uh, got me going through the book. Well, you know we can. We can do that later then because I also want to say that what people don't realize is that when somebody gets infected with HIV, I have noticed that you have some people, you you see two sides of that. You'll see some people that get it and they decide to be abstinent and just to learn about diet and nutrition and detoxification and take care of their body and keep the viral load low while it's hardly even present so it does not multiply out of control. And then they start to share information with others and educate others about what happened to them. You have a lot more people that will go around and lure people into carefree sexual relationships just to pass it to them and will encourage them to have sex without a rubber, and they won't even tell people that they don't have it. And then a certain amount of people keep coming up with it, and then they tell the health department who they had in common, and then they'll go find out about the person that way. What I am learning about, there are certain strains of that virus, since it is a parasite, that will migrate to the brain of the person. And it will start to tell the person what to do because that is still an intelligence, even though it's a lower vibration intelligence because it's a parasite. It wants to connect with those of like mind. It wants the kindred spirits and the brothers and sisters of itself so it can continue to have sexual intercourse with itself and build a strong network of family, allies, So in order for all those viruses to continue to keep connecting, they have a radio frequency, an electromagnetic frequency, and they will get in the mind of the person. That person then becomes a reprobate spirit. That that parasite will take it over. And that parasite mind is linked to the cosmic mind of all of the other people that is carrying it. So subliminally, it will drive the person to go out and have random and very promiscuous sexual interactions without a condom so that virus can now reconnect to the grid of the other children and the kindred parasite parasitic virus that other people are carrying so they can make a strong bond and replicate. Hmm. Yeah, what controls them? What God controls the worm? A pet. A pet. That that force is allowed to operate. See, the best thing I want to say, after you say these things, one is negative, one is bad, and it's parasite, that is allowed, though. And if you are an unevolved person and you can't recognize, because we all pick them up, but you also have to raise your vibration and your consciousness to know how to eliminate them because it's a natural cycle. I know people that don't eat meat, and they still get parasites. And they still got it. That's right. That's right. Still get them because it's it's the level of the consciousness of the person. They are parasite magnet. 
they're a worm mm-hmm. magnet. And I, I've been around people, you know, I was in the uh, store about a month or so ago, and I was talking to the cashier because, you know, when I go in a lot of places, people know me, so I go in there and start talking to them. And the cashier had a friend that was another customer to come up, and he started talking because there are a lot of black men that are now on kidney dialysis. A lot of black people are in dialysis. Mm. And when you look at the black community, you see all these dialysis centers just popping up all over the place. And he said that he didn't know how he got it, but I knew once he kept talking to me, I knew that he didn't know how he got that shit because he was a flight attendant. He told me, oh, he drinking beer, oh, he eating McDonald's Chick-fil-A, you just eating shit, he's overweight, and he's got all of this dead processed food in his body that's full of sugar and worms. And he's not detoxing his body, and you're you're in an unnatural job because you're above gravity in an airplane all day, every day, and that really wreaks havoc on the to me. Now, I would rather fly than drive, but I wouldn't want to do it every day because <laughs> I know what it does to me and how I feel. Then on top of that, you in you, it's nasty in the airplane. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of stinking, funky people in them damn airplane oh. and around that damn seat. That's why I wear two set of clothes to sit my ass on that seat. If I got my real pants on, I'm going to put another pair of pants or skirt on it because some people got funk embedded down in that plane fiber seat. They don't have no oh, goddamn yeah. plastic at the time. Them seats, some people ass stinking up, up there in that airplane. They got the air trap recirculating. That funk got people mouth and nose. That's why I don't get too close to certain people because, you know, spirits be in people's mouth and the spirit of funk mm-hmm. come out they ass. If they ain't clean, they bow and they got that hard, caked up funk down in their ass, it comes through their mouth. And I don't want that That's spirit right. to jump right. in my teeth and drop in my gum and infect me because you know somebody can kiss you and give you pyrrhea, give you gum disease because right. that parasite and that spirit will jump out their damn mouth and curse you because it want to keep on living. That funk want to stay alive. It's oh. like the bird and the snail. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. That's why I don't really like it. So I'm listening to him telling me his lifestyle, how he was a flight attendant, and he was eating just everywhere. He stopped in the airport in the city. You got to live. He go and chug McDonald's fried fish salmon down his, his throat, and he said he his stomach started hurting, and he went to the bathroom, and when he peed, it was all this white foam and the pee. Well, that's a bad sign because that means he is releasing protein. When you start peeing and it's white, then that that means your kidneys is starting to go. You better get to the doctor immediately. And when he went to the doctor, they told him his kidneys was dying. And but he told him he but his fault. I said he's lying. It is your fault because of what you just told me. Eating all that dead processed food, you constantly flying. You're not drinking no water. You drinking beer. You you overweight. You just basically eating something quick, and and you're destroying your kidneys, which is also telling me he probably had a sex problem. He had a That's love right. problem. He had a relationship problem because the kidneys and the liver hold a lot of lies, a lot of hate, a lot of pain. And unresolved yes, emotional conflict is held in the kidneys and the liver. So he told me he didn't have to go into dialysis. If you've never had abdominal surgery, there's this pack with chemicals in it they can put underneath your skin and you can stay home and do your treatments at home, but it's like, you know what, when he got close to me, first they have that unnatural black look. Their skin turned black or their face turned black. 
they look literally like they're walking dead because they got all of that blood in them that the kidneys is not filtering naturally and a machine or a chemical is mm. doing it. And that machine, when they get on there, that's why a lot of people die, have a heart attack, or have other problems by getting dialysis because that machine they get on, them chemicals pull on your heart so bad. Just to filter your kidneys, it weakens the heart over time right. as you as it's filtering the kidneys because it's unnaturally filtering out the waste, and it still doesn't completely do it. And when he got close to me, his breath was smelt like death. I literally oh, smelt death on him from just the spirits. It was some dead spirits in his mouth. And one thing I picked up, I picked up his dead mama out of his breath. And I never met the man before, so I didn't know for a fact. So I said, you know, just in a roundabout way, I asked, I said, where your mama at? You from Atlanta? He said, my mama dead. And I just shut up then because I didn't want to tell him what I was mm-hmm. picking up because his dead mama was already around him. So I knew that meant one or two things. She was very troubled about him, and she had come back to watch over him. Or she was finna also troubled about him and finna help him transition because the way he was looking, he was standing up right, in there. He was real skinny and he had got real, real black looking, real burnt up, which is what I had seen before in dialysis patients. If you've seen them, you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I know exactly. What Where they turn because that blood is so filthy and it's dead in them because that machine can't get it all out. And when he opened his mouth, his breath was real hot and stinking. And that's when I knew, you know, I, it, I'm not saying it as a joke. I'm not making, I was talking shit a few minutes ago about on that airplane and stinking on them people. And I'm not making fun of him because I knew he could not help it. And yeah. I knew it was, he had a lot of ways trapped up in him, not just from that dead blood, but I knew his bowels. And his water was low because you remember when you on, when somebody's taking dialysis, it's only a small amount of water they can drink. They can't sit up like us and just all the water you want to drink. You got to wash yourself because you can't hold that much because your kidneys can't filter and flush. You ain't peeing. Right. And that's why I don't want everybody in my face because people carry spirits in their breath. Oh yeah. And it flies in the air and goes right to you, especially if you who are not like, like them. They're like, oh, shoot, a new host. You know what I'm saying? Fresh <laughs> meat. <laughs> Our friends are talking about it's the same with some fat people. They dead relatives in they ass. And they oh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, no. You know what's funny? <laughs> me, me, and and my brother, who my boss happens to be my my best friend, and we're both like we're 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 helping us, and we we and, and me and my queen too. We would just look at someone and be like, oh yeah, they full of parasites. Look at them, they're just full of worms. And then <laughs> just to think of that now, like oh, it makes so much sense. <laughs> Yeah, they saying they hear that BC powder, them goodies and stuff. That's poison too. When people be taking that shit. Oh yeah. Oh oh. Okay. Mm. This is this is this is gonna really help for the questions earlier on page one hundred and ninety-two on volume one. It's called the Gods of the Book of the Dead. The coups, the four coups of Horus. It says. 
and originally they represented four Horus gods who held up the four pillars which supported the sky, or their father Horus. Each was supposed to be lord of one of the quarters of the world and finally became the god of one of the cardinal points. Hep represented the north, Tuamutef the east, Amset the south, and Kepsenuf the west. The Egyptians were in the habit of embalming the intestines of the body separately, and they placed them in four jars, each of which was under the protection of one of the children of Horus. Under the care of one of the gods of the four quarters of the earth, the god of the north protected the small viscera, the god of the east, the heart and lungs, the god of the south, the stomach and large intestines, and the god of the west, the liver and gallbladder. Mm. It goes before. Okay. Well, we have to deal with that when you come back because we've run out of time. We've been on here for two hours now, so it's after one. Oh, man. It's just getting started. <laughs> well, yeah, we've been on here a long time, so we're going to have to reschedule. Is there any contact you want to tell people how to contact you? Oh, yes. Uh, my Google account is umdakonu at gmail, uh, M-D-A-K-O-N-U. And I don't know if, you know, really going to give my number out. But uh, you want to contact me through my Gmail, there it is. Again, umdakonu at Gmail. Contact I, me I don't understand. So they probably don't either. How do you spell it? What's the whole Gmail? The uh, Gmail is uh, umdakonu, M-D-A-K-O-N-U. You mean uh, what does it mean or... No, just spell it out because I don't understand, so I know they might not either. Okay. Just spell the whole thing out. Okay, M-D-A-K-O-N-U, M-D-A-K-O-N-U at gmail, G-M-A-I-L dot com. Again, M, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, again, M-D-A-K-O-N-U at Gmail, G-M-A-I-L dot com. All right, let me check the line again. Eric code 248, did you want to say anything else or are you, you okay? Eric code 248? Oh, i um say something. I'm just listening. I appreciate the um information. I mean, a lot of the um information is something, you know, you grow up with um parents like I had or people, you know, you, you, the nutrition part, Just I just wasn't raised just as far as the detail, as far as, you know, watching your diet and mm-hmm. none of that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't raised. So, you know, one thing I will say, though, my grandmother is 85 years old. She grew up in the South and everything. I mean, she watches her diet. She's a diabetic, too, and um, she never drinks or smoked anything, and she's been diabetic for, I think, about 15, 20 years, and... um. She beat West now about seven years ago too. She had she was the first one, wow. like one of the first people in Michigan to actually beat it. She was in a coma for a month, but um, wow. she was always firm to say just you know take care of your health and body. But far as like my my um parents parents, I mean far as my dad from the south and my mom from um out of Michigan and um talked about I mean just like everybody else just eating the bad the wrong stuff. Drinking, partying, TV, all that, everything—just anything that just, 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 just got a demon to it. 
I pretty much then 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 they walked towards me before. You know what I mean? And um, I just want I just say thank y'all. You know, because I'm really listening and you know trying to just help myself. You know. But you tell some other people about this, you know, forget the religious part. I mean, the nutritional phone uh, uh, is just as powerful. I mean, we ain't even got to talk about the Bible. We just, just what you eat, you know what I mean, is religious. Okay. <laughs> we got to learn about the religion of the proper diet to raise your vibration. It is definitely holy, and it is definitely spiritual, and it has a consciousness of it all. The certain type of foods you have will raise your vibration or lower it and fill you full of worms. That's right. Yeah, but I just... Yeah, but um, just want to say thank y'all. You're welcome. Erico 661, did you want to say anything, Erico 661? Okay. I guess I was just listening. Well, we're going to wrap it up for the, this edition of the Lexus K. Tyler Vagina Power Show. Y'all got to join me next week. I'm going to have Dr. Nardi on. He is a natural doctor and a scientist teaching on symptometry. And he actually makes the um, products. Once he talks to you and analyzes what is going on with you, he custom blends um, the right symptometry formula for you in the lab. And we're going to talk with him about that video that was on uh, Worldstar last week and on Facebook where the 13-year-old girl ran away and stayed gone for three days, and when she came back, her mama had her uncle or some man beat her on film and call her oh. all kind of bitches and hoes and said she was out fucking for three days. I want to talk to Dr. Nardi about why young girls are promiscuous so young like that because I had a lot of black women agreeing with the beating, the public beating on video, I'm saying, no, that girl has hormonal imbalances. She's definitely not mm-hmm. in vagina power. Her mama's not in vagina power. The daddy's not in penis power. She's totally out of balance. We know the home situation's out of balance, and we know her daddy ain't, ain't God to her. Her daddy's not king to her because she ran away from home to let another grown man jump up and down all in her ass. So we know that something emotionally and, and chemically is out of balance with her, and Dr. Nardi is going to talk about the nerves in the vagina that are connected to the brain and make a woman crave the sex even at that young because your emotions start to release, you know, the chemicals, the, horm- the, the hormonal chemicals in the brain start to release into the body, maturing the sex organs, actually creating the sexual desire even at, 10, 11, 12 now, and along with the food and the chemical imbalances and the emotional and spiritual imbalances, it will actually turn a young woman into a porn star or a sex addict because there's an itch deep inside of the vagina that only a penis can scratch or through masturbation. So not that, oh, she's just being hot, she's just been fast, she's just been grown, and many women will turn on their daughters and try to ridicule them and beat them thinking that's going to fix it. And you're not recognizing the symptoms and really having the knowledge to deal with the problem. So that's why I asked Dr. Nardi to come on here next week. It's going to be a really, really dynamic show. Y'all have got to listen to the upcoming show I have with Dr. Nardi and and listen to his wisdom and his knowledge as well as find out about his products and how to get a nutritional consultation from him. So, okay, I'm going to wrap up now. We've got to go, and thank you for being on the show, Amun. It was an honor, Queen. I'm happy to, to have come on the show from the 
beginning to end. And thank you, brother, for calling in and, you know, listening. I mean, every moment meant everything to me. Uh, so. Okay, bye. Uh,